Hey, hello. <laughs> mm, sit on your speakers. Mm. I think that is the worst intro we've had to date. Yeah, Welcome. we got to get our announcer back. He was so handsome. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. He had such a good voice. <laughs> toot toot. Welcome to Blonde Moments Podcast. <laughs> I'm Gina Vogie. And I am Melinda Collins. And I'm going to start off this episode with a fun, but not so fun, incident that happened to me Uh-oh. recently. Fun, but not so fun. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. So I was out and about running errands in uh, these suburbs of Milwaukee, in a nice suburb of Milwaukee, mind you, not a trashy one. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer. And I had to stop at Kohl's to get a pair of work shoes. And it was like 11 a.m., so not super early, not super late, right? And I was kind of in a rush, so I went in, got the shoes, tried them on, and got the fuck out. When I was leaving Kohl's, I could hear someone behind me like mumbling something, but I didn't pay attention. You so know? you're in the parking lot. Yeah. I okay. like I had just left the doors of Kohl's. And so I'm walking to the parking lot from the door to my car and a guy just like gets right next to me like starts walking beside me starts walking with me oh my god yeah right i'm like oh boy he's like hey where you headed (laughs) away from you (laughs) i'm like first off i'm like oh god he's gonna ask me for a ride right like or money or money Uh yeah i mean you know this is tends to be usually how these conversations start right and he had a mask on too so i couldn't like see his whole face but he was like late 20s early 30s right and i was like uh to the chiropractor and he was like oh so you don't have time to hang out And I was like, um, no. You know, and this time I'm like walking a little bit faster. Yeah. And then he like jogs to a pace to like get in front of me, like to try to like stop me almost. Oh, no. And he was like, have you ever wanted to fuck a stranger? Oh, my God. (laughs) Cole's 11 a.m. parking lot. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) No. And I said, what? Because I'm like, what is happening right now? He was like, do you want to fuck a stranger? And I at the, I go, I'm all set. And at that point, I'm like practically running yes. to my car because I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. This man just goes around to random parking lots. <laughs> oh, my God. Asking women if they want to fuck a stranger. Well, like, he has to have worked at some point, right? For him? For sure. I mean, this had to, I mean, maybe one out of 50 times this works for him, I guess. I don't know. Otherwise, why would he be doing it? But am I just getting old where I'm like, this is fucking weird and inappropriate? Or it is. Okay. I'm like, do people do this now? Well, I think even especially in this kind of like environment, this is like, you really don't do stuff like that. You know, like toxic masculinity, like at its finest right there. Yeah. But, you know, maybe he's like spitting his game in the Coles parking lot. Maybe there's a lot of desperate women during the day doing their shopping. You know, their husbands are at work. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, just give me some some dick real quick, stranger. it, It must have worked at some point for him. I was like, if any woman goes missing in this area at all today and the next day, I'm like, it's this guy. You need to like put in your notes app, 
a full description as much as you can remember. He about. had a mask on. I could only see. <laughs> yeah, but like his hair color, eye color, yeah. height, things like that. The size of his penis because you did sleep with him, right? Ew. Yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> I actually caught you off guard. That you was did. Funny. I was like, ew. <laughs> no, I declined the sex with a random stranger. That's so weird to me. Yeah, it's very weird to me. I was thinking about it later. I'm like, here's what I think the scenario is. He had like a a camera on him and Mm -hmm. wanted to videotape said random sex with a stranger and then like upload it to like Pornhub or something. Oh, you know, God. sex with a stranger, real, you know, like video on Pornhub or something. he really wants to become a felon. I, I guess. I don't know. I'm like, what other explanation do you have for somebody doing this besides they want to like, you know, video it and upload it and try to make some money off of it? Uh, one of the challenge or two of the challengers from, you know, the, the what I did, the MTV challenges, it was a, they're both from the UK, but this woman named Georgia and this guy named Bear, like she really liked him a lot. And after the show, they would like sleep together. Well, he secretly filmed her <gasps> while they were having sex and then he uploaded it to Pornhub without her knowing. And it's like a whole case that's going on right now. He got arrested at an airport and everything. Oh, wow. So yeah, this guy, if that's your plan, you're going to be a felon because that's a no-no. Yeah. That's so weird. I still can't wrap my head around it at like 11 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? So which drug variety are we saying this was? (laughs) Because I feel like... Yeah. With these stories, it has to be a drug involved. Right. Not like pain pills, right? Because then he'd be like tired and his dick probably wouldn't get too hard. <laughs> or maybe, I don't know. I don't know how that works. So I'm, I'm, I shouldn't say that. It was more of a hypothetical question. You didn't yeah. have to answer. Or just... Maybe like meth. I, I'm going to say meth. He's all fucking hopped up and horny. Yeah. And wants to. What if you it know... was ecstasy? He just came up to you. Can you just blow on me a little bit? So when you were pulling away then, did you watch him like from your rearview mirror? He got into a car, <gasps> but I didn't like see, I didn't look what after kind of that. Car? It was like a white Toyota. Did you get the license plate? Number? I should have. Gina, you are failing. I know. Women shopping at Kohl's. <laughs> I was so so flabbergasted, honestly. It takes a lot to shock me. (laughs) Flabbergasted. It takes a lot to make me speechless. I see you honky with your flabbergasted. (laughs) (laughs) And I was flummoxed. Mm. I did not know what to do. You're just bringing out all the F words in the thesaurus today. You know, I got to keep you on your toes. It would fluster me, too. (laughs) I would be freaked out. (laughs) But that is, I mean, I just feel like anytime as a woman, when you're approached by a man, you're alone. It and is, I didn't see anyone else in the parking lot, too. It's creepy. It's very creepy. I was 100% creeped out. I was already uncomfortable when I thought he was going to ask me for a ride or money, <laughs> let alone sex. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, I was already uncomfortable before he asked me for random sex, like... It's hard out there being a woman, I swear. Yeah. I'm like, I don't even want to go to that cold. I was just saying, would you go back? I would be like No. Parking real close to the door. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and usually I will tend to park like further away to try to get some steps in, you know? Oh, he's ruining. So if you put on five pounds, it's his fault. It's his fault. Yeah. yeah. 
you creep. Yeah, it was definitely very fucking creepy. So watch out out there, ladies. You just never know. They may not may not be stopping you to ask you for just money anymore. And it might not be at night. I mean, you always think like walking alone at yeah. night is scary. Like still keep your, you know, whereabouts when it's 11 a.m. Yeah, it was very creepy and it made me extremely uncomfortable. So Yikes. yeah, be on the lookout, ladies. Apparently there's men asking for stranger sex now. Consider yourself he- lucky though that he didn't attack you or uh, that's what my husband was like you need a, a gun he was like um that scares me i'm like yeah it scared me too it made me very uncomfortable but what am i gonna do <laughs> or some pepper spray I, I would say i i would feel more comfortable carrying pepper spray than a gun because if i had that pepper spray when he asked me the second time if i wanted to fuck a stranger <laughs> he would have gotten sprayed in the fucking face sure. well warning if you use pepper spray it can end up in your eyes too so be careful that you both aren't just on the ground rubbing your eyes full of pepper spray yeah <laughs> Make sure you know how to use it if you get I'll it. shield my eyes. So have you seen the viral trend that's going on on TikTok of these women who are buying those Amazon leggings that are supposed oh, to make your butt yeah. look amazing? I've heard about it. And I, I actually saw someone at the gym today wearing them. I, I don't I don't care for them personally, but maybe I'm just old. Well, you have a really nice butt. So you're saying mine, my, my butt might look good in these No, leggings? I'm saying I don't think you need oh, okay. these leggings in order to make your butt look good. You have like a high, tight butt. Like, oh, thank you. You're welcome. I just wear my Lululemons. Yeah, those. I can't fit into any of mine right now. Bleh, damn pregnancy. Pregnancy. Well, there was a woman named Jacqueline who left it only two out of five stars and said this is an honest review. And this shit had me rolling. Oh, yes. I can't wait to hear this. And there's a picture, which makes it funny. (laughs) And Uh, by the way, you still can fit in your leggings. Don't let her fool you, anyone. Not my belly. My belly. Mm -hmm. I I popped fast. She's one of those tiny pregnant people where you're like, ugh. No, but thank you. I appreciate you. You have to say nice stuff like I that do not. to me. It's facts. So she says, okay, so I bought these after seeing some TikTok videos claiming these make your booty look really good. I was hopeful. See, I have a Hank Hill type butt, so anything that can enhance my rear end is very welcome. Do you know who Hank Hill yes. is? Yes. Okay. Oh, no. Which is like nothing. Pancake butt. I put these bad boys on and am amazed at the comfort. They fit as expected. The tummy control is amazing, but the enhancing feature of the ruched behind is less than stellar in my opinion. I feel like you have to at least have a smidgen of something to work with to make these flatter your splatter cannon. <laughs> Since I have nothing, these leggings make me look like a sloppy waffle on a plate after a drunken 3 a.m. binge at Waffle House. Oh, no. Overall, I'm not completely dissatisfied. Like I previously mentioned, they are comfortable, fit as expected, and have great tummy control. But ladies and gents, if you are looking to buy this in hopes of enhancing your fart factory, just know you might end up looking like roadkill during rush hour traffic. Oh, flat no. AF. This is a flat butt. Oh, no. The only thing you can do in that is get the butt pads or actually get like plastic surgery. Oh, what a shame. Because it doesn't, it looks like she's like a a good size, you know. 
It doesn't look like she's weighs like 90 pounds. Sure. Right? Looks like she's a healthy size. Mm-hmm. How could, yeah, how does that happen? You're a healthy size and you got no bootay. You know, that used to be the thing in like the 60s was actually having no butt. Well, this, I'm sure, very beautiful woman would have been very popular with, with that then. <laughs> My old co-workers, two of the women, they were older women who were talking about like the trend of like having big butts right now. And they were like, they showed me this old movie like beach party or something i mean these women literally were like sticks like all the way around had no curvature at all nothing well and i mean genetics plays a big role in that we're all given the bodies we're given right like you can do your best to work out and work the best with what you got but i mean that's all you can do unless you want to pay thousands and thousands of dollars for Mm -hmm. a bbl or whatever it is but i mean even those bbls sometimes they look weird have you ever seen the one where the lady gets the butt implants and it kept keeps flipping, flipping around oh my yeah. god I, I doubt they do those anymore but she had to fly somewhere where it was like cheap to have that yeah. done but i'm like can you imagine you're just walking and then all of a sudden bloop, it flips and your butt is just flat and the other butt cheek is nice and yeah plump I mean, do whatever you need to do to make yourself feel good at the end of the day. I'm all for, you know, doing if you need to do something to enhance yourself to make yourself feel good, fucking do it for sure. I'm all for it. But we have talked about doing it tastefully. So Mm -hmm. I think of plastic surgery as far as like buying a luxury vehicle. You're not looking for a Groupon. You're not looking for who has the best deals out there. You want to go to somebody who knows what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. So if they're a little bit pricier, they're pricier for a reason. I've just had some friends who have had some real botched like boob jobs. Yeah. It's like, oh. You get what you pay for. Yeah. Don't just look for a doctor in the yellow pages. Read reviews. Mm-hmm. Look at pictures. Don't like, get it off Groupon. Yeah. Especially mm-hmm. like if you're talking, like even filler, you may think is anybody can do it. Go to you, somebody yeah, that no. you've seen good results from. You need to go to an experience injector for now, sure. I haven't had any filler and I keep asking hey, maybe we could try this here. And my lady's not letting me do anything. <laughs> She's but like, nope, just someday, <laughs> someday I will be knowledgeable in this department. <laughs> well, what I love about this girl too with the leggings is, hey, as long as you can laugh at yourself, right? Like yes. her review even, she's laughing at herself. So she's okay. She's having a She's having a good time with it at least. Mm-hmm. What else can you do? Embrace your flaws. Mm-hmm. Because we all got them. We all got some type of flaw. It's okay. And if you're laughing at yourself for a flaw, that means if other people laugh at you for it, it's not going to hurt as bad. Right. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Ridiculous. Like, Like me, my second toe, my Nessie. That my husband named Nessie, of all people, the man who's supposed to love me just the way I am. It's fine. He gave it an endearing <laughs> nickname. Well, and my wonky arm, too, but I can't help that. Your wonky arm. Yeah, the one that I broke when I was little, so it's all, like, wonky. I don't think you have a wonky arm. It's wonky. Well, let me see. You've never seen that? It's wonky. Yeah, but I can do that, too. Yeah, but it, like, sticks out like that. I, my arm is the same as yours. Okay. We'll be well. the wonky arm sisters. <laughs> See, I'm trying to make you feel better. See, I love it. I can y'all, still laugh her, at it all. Any y'all, flaw. Y'all, her arm is gross. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think it's pretty it's normal. Really nasty. 
two people have like commented, my old coworkers, stuff like that. When I like lean on a table, arms get kind of like bent. double jointed. Yeah, it yeah. looks funny. I'm like, I don't know. This is just me. Well, then we do have the same arms. I am who I am. Well, I have another story where I this story fucking motivates me. Ooh. And I know it's going to motivate you too, Mel. Okay. Who are we killing? Oh, no, no. Oh, We're not killing damn. anybody yet. This is about Asian Andy. Do you know who that is? No. He's a Twitch streamer who makes $16,000 in seven hours by letting viewers wake him up as he tries to sleep. That is it. That's all he did. $16,000 in seven hours. Okay. Tell me more. See, right? That's what I'm yes. I'm like, how can we do this? Asian Andy, a 26 year old from Los Angeles, has revealed that he made 16 grand in just one night on his Twitch live stream while sleeping. Well, almost. Andy live streams moments from his daily life through lengthy vlogs. In one of the most recent streams, Andy sleeps while his audience competed to wake him up. With over 12,500 followers on Twitch and more than 1 million subscribers on YouTube, Andy enabled text to voice, which was activated when viewers made donations. Viewers who donated used their messages to get Alexa to play loud music, imitate a dog barking, or make his alarm clock go off. I'm fucking here for this. I'm here for this. Yeah, I mean, you can lose a night or two of sleep. I mean, Fuck I already yeah. am, right? Being a parent. So. Yeah. $16,000 in seven hours. So did anybody successfully wake him up? Yeah, I mean, I guess there's video of him, like, you know, waking up all the time and acting goofy or, like, whatever else, and then trying to go back to sleep. I'm going to have to look this up. Yeah. I, sign me up. I mean, we can even get an account together. You I know? ain't sharing my money with you. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Who thinks of these things? Why don't I think of these things first? I need to get a million – You, I need to get a YouTube channel – Get a million subscribers and the Twitch or whatever you need the fuck a gimmick, it is. You need a gimmick, though, to get to those million subscribers. So what's your gimmick? I don't, we'll figure it out. Well, yeah, we can't tell you guys. Yeah. We got big plans. $16,000 in seven hours. I just, I cannot. I cannot. I like it. It's, you know what? I've said this many times. We're just too smart. We have to, like, dumb down our thinking of like yeah. what people want to see and people want to do. Because I would be like, why would anybody care to do that? Well, obviously people... Obviously they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So perfect. Yeah. I just, I can't even wrap my head around that. All for just trying to wake someone up. Okay. I'm I'm here for it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Same. I'd do it for like up. a whole week. I'm going to look them up and then I'm going to wake them up. <laughs> so here's an interesting story. These parents in Phoenix, Arizona, went to a thrift store and they purchased a toy for their kid, which is a glow worm. Now, these were big in like the 80s. Oh, I had one. Okay. So I had one too. Like you push the belly and the face kind of like lights up. I had ones that you could put on your fingers too, kind of like the E.T. finger. Oh, boy. But these were a lot bigger. I don't think you could have shoved those up anywhere. (laughs) I'm sure you tried. (laughs) Which, by the way, I looked on eBay again for the E.T. finger to take a a screenshot of it, right? Uh And there's another one up for sale now. There's two up for sale. So Mm. we could both get one. I'm okay. We could play with them. Nope. Have little Together. Sword Together. fights. Yes. Have little sword fights with their E.T. fingers. <laughs> <laughs> so the parents cleaned and washed the toy before they let their daughter play with it. 
And while they were cleaning it, they found a sandwich bag with over 5,000 fentanyl pills inside. <gasps> wow. Like, that's a shit ton of pills. There's that's a ton. pictures of it. And fentanyl, Wait, where did they buy this glowworm from? At a thrift store in Phoenix, Arizona. Well, you know what happened there. That person who had put all that drugs in there had died from something. Sure. And everything just got donated to the thrift store. Yeah. Or he was a drug dealer and got offed and nobody knew that that was sent to the i mean this is my scenario you know how i am with scenarios but i'm probably not wrong we're here for because it. anybody who was in possession of that much fentanyl wouldn't just fucking donate it to goodwill and forget about it like no way i agree with you mm-hmm. you've heard those stories of people who buy a picture and then they are changing the frame and they pull the back off and there's like thousands of dollars in there That'd be so cool. Yeah, except this is fentanyl, so. I want to be one of those people. If it was money, that'd be cool. But the fentanyl, you'd have to like sell it illegally, find somebody to sell it for you. Shit, I don't even know any drug dealers, you know? like (laughs) Gina's just walking through dark alleys like, hey, I got some fentanyl. I don't even know how much that would go for. Did they say how, what the value no. of that was? It just what ta- the rest of the article just kind of talked about how dangerous of a drug it is. It is extremely dangerous. It's more potent than morphine, I believe. Yeah, because I mean, it killed people like Prince. I remember. Did you ever watch the? I can't remember if it was Discovery or TLC or whatever network had it on um, the addiction show. God, what was it called? My Strange Addiction. No. Intervention. A&E. That's what it was. Uh It was on A&E, Intervention. And there was a woman on there who was addicted to fentanyl lollipops. And man, she was Why is that a thing? What's fentanyl lollipops for? I think it's just another way or form other than like a pill or liquid, right? She had these fentanyl lollipops. She was fucked up. She believed that like electricity did things to her. She was... (laughs) on a whole nother planet and it was because of the fentanyl sure i mean it was actually very sad she's a flying high because she used to be like an actress and all this other stuff but anyways i just whenever i hear fentanyl i think of that that lady from intervention with her fentanyl lollipops like laying in the grass screaming sounds heavenly (laughs) did she was she calling the screaming hotline she should have so interestingly enough your little story about the fentanyl and the glowworms. I found a very interesting drug story. U.S. Customs and Border Protection officers in Cincinnati intercepted smuggled narcotics in a shipment of cereal originating from South America. The shipment contained about 44 pounds of cocaine-coated cornflakes. Those are some real frosted flakes, then. They are some real frosted (laughs) flakes. Uh Uh-huh. So that's kind of bizarre to me. But like, what do you do? You just eat the cereal? Or is there a way to get it off the cereal afterwards? I don't know. But people are getting more and more genius. I mean, it was literally boxes of cornflakes. And inside them, there was, they said that it looked like grayish because that, you know, the color was weird on the frosted flakes. But like, mm -hmm. do you just grind it up after then? You're like, fuck it. Gonna just snort it with the cornflakes in it too? Cornflake Coke mixture. Yeah. Pour it in a bowl with some milk. I tell you, that's a new way to wake up in the morning. (laughs) Yeah, you'll have energy for a long time. (laughs) Fuck coffee. You're going to get my cereal. All your house chores done, kids off to school, you're Mm -hmm. good. Give me some of those those Coke flakes. (laughs) 
tell you, that'd be a, quite a jazzy morning. A, a jazzy morning. You of and these. these adjectives today. <laughs> that would be a jazzy morning. What else have I said besides jazzy? Flabbergasted. Frazzled. Oh, the other day. Fizzled. The frazzled. Pretty Woman was on TV. I love that movie. And Kenny G's Songbird was in it. And I'm like, are you kidding me? That song's been around that Forever. long. Forever. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Man. What scene was that? Uh, Richard Gere gets back to the hotel and she's like all dressed up. Like oh, yep. All... Yep. I remember that. Yeah. Uh huh. All right. Well, look out for your cornflakes. Look out for your glow worms. You never know <laughs> yeah. what you're going to if, if your breakfast cereals and your children's toys aren't safe, what scary... is safe? Yeah. Out it's there. a scary world we're living in. Yes. Obviously, we do not condone drug use. Feel sad we even have to say that because there could be somebody listening out there right now. It's like, they sure, they're insensitive talking about drugs. No, you we're know not what? condoning this. We're just reading stories. Two weeks ago, we went off on our little tangent of how sensitive people are mm-hmm. and being offended by everything. We got a lot of mail, you know, direct messages, all this stuff. People being like, preach on. Yeah. We feel the same way. Thanks for saying that. Keep doing what you guys are doing. And like, I just want to say thank you for the support because even after we went on our rant, I'm like, ooh, people are going to be sensitive yeah. about this. But I mean, people I are going like- to be sensitive about us being upset about people being sensitive. Amen. You just never know. Yes. You just never know how people are going to get offended nowadays. We try not to offend, but. You know, these are not our stories. These are stories that we find out there. <laughs> all right. No, it's us. We make up all these stories. Right. <laughs> these are my cornflakes in my... <laughs> that got confiscated. It's, it's my glowworm. Well, today's episode is our true crime. So I will get started on my story if you're cool with that. Yeah, I'm here for it. So this takes place in 1988. Oh, taking it back taking it back 80s true crime is my favorite true crime because there was still so much unknown and i feel like you could get away with so much right because the technology was not what it is today Mm -hmm. and it was a lot harder people had to really go outside of the box to to figure out who the true culprit is Okay, so 1988 in Glendale, California, which is close to Hollywood, there was a man named Dr. Richard Boggs. He was a well-established neurologist. He was very wealthy. He drove a Rolls Royce, just big pimpin' pimpin'. Dang. So one Saturday morning in April of 1988, Dr. Boggs called 911 to report that a man had died of a heart attack in his office. He told the dispatcher that he had performed an EKG on the man, but that showed to be normal. He then stepped out of the room, and that's when the man collapsed to the floor. He raced back into the room and started performing CPR. 7.15 a.m., paramedics arrive at the scene, but the man was already dead. The paramedics confirmed the man's identity as 42-year-old Gene Hansen. He had a license and birth certificate in his wallet. Which, oh, well, that's... Uh, who carries their birth certificate exactly. in their wallet? Weird. Dr. Boggs also claimed that Gene had been a long-standing patient of record. Paramedics realized that the body was cold once they got there and also that his body had already started to harden. So, so it, the timeline's already not matching up? Okay. Mm-hmm. He had we a don't pl- believe this doctor already. Well, my first red flag was he's a neurologist, so they work on your brain. And he's performing an EKG on him, which is for your heart. Right. He's not so, a cardiologist. Yeah, right away... It seemed really weird to me. Well, and he's a fucking doctor. Doesn't he know 
right aren't you smarter enough to know this smart enough to know this Mm. and aren't you smart enough to know as a doctor what time rigor mortis starts to set in right like come on yeah and i mean you're dealing with the brain you should he should be pretty well versed yes he had a blotchiness in his skin and the paramedics did not think gene died of a heart attack and it all seemed suspicious once at the coroner's office the coroner tested gene's liver temperature to the temperature of the room so after death your body temperature drops a degree and a half every hour 72 degrees was the temperature in the room and the body temperature was 87 degrees thus leading the coroner to believe that it had been about six to seven hours since Jean had died. So they were thinking 2 or 3 a.m. was the actual time of death. One of the detectives claimed that he told Dr. Boggs that he was a liar and that Jean had not died when he claimed he had. And Dr. Boggs was like, no, this is really what happened. He had a heart attack, blah, blah, blah. But then the detective also started thinking if Dr. Boggs was a neurologist, why was he treating Jean for chest pain? The detectives also noted at the scene that Dr. Boggs did not appear to have even attempted CPR because his clothes were not messy. He wasn't sweating. And I don't know if you've ever even just done like CPR training. It's a lot of work. It's a lot. And imagine trying to save somebody's life. You're going to be frazzled. Mm -hmm. Ooh, she used the word again. So the detectives were like, "Mm, this just is, is not adding up. So they start searching the office and they found some strange, which they called devices. They found a shit ton of sex toys. Oh. And there's pictures. They even had like huge black dildos. Wow. Like kinky, What kind of... uh, Neurologist Neurologist is this. (laughs) What's going down at his office? So detectives are obviously going in on this guy, trying to figure out what is going on. And they find out that two weeks before this particular incident, police were called to Dr. Boggs' office. A man claimed Dr. Boggs had attacked him in his office with a stun gun after the office was closed. Oh, my God. This man said the two of them had met earlier that night at a gay bar. So what happened was they met at this bar, decided to go back to his office, and then obviously Dr. Boggs goes a little crazy. Well, now we know why all the sex toys are mm-hmm. there. He's meeting people at these bars and then taking them back to the office for Look a at little my hanky array. panky. Yeah, my assortment of fun. Detect- stun gun is not fun, so. Maybe for some people. Yeah, you know what? You're right. We've learned that. And this guy was just like, oh, hell no. Yeah. Upon further investigation into Dr. Boggs, they find out that he had lost his medical privileges at a few different hospitals. He also had previously gotten divorced and out as a gay man. They were able to find out that he enjoyed going to clubs that were big into BDSM. And in 1988, they considered people who were into that sexual outlaws, which I was laughing hearing that. I just thought it was right. so funny, like being tied up. Ooh, you're a sexual outlaw. You're so like, <laughs> you're so risque. <laughs> but it was all consensual play. During the autopsy, the coroner determined that Jean's death was in fact caused by a heart problem. So the plot thickens. He died the way that Dr. Bog said he had died. I feel like he could have had something to do with that as a doctor, like the knowledge of giving him something that made it mimic a heart attack or something. Sure. I mean, to me, it just seems unless this was like your friend and you had like the machine to try to find out what was going on with his chest pain. But the fact that he was considered a patient of record for his chest pain is what's really. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me. Gene's business partner, John Hawkins, came into the morgue and ID'd the body. Gene and John owned a clothing store in Columbus, Ohio called Just Sweats. 
They had about 20 clothing stores and specialized in lightweight sweats. John Hawkins was featured in many of the store's commercials. They were super successful, had nice cars, blah, 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 blah. So they had done very well for themselves. John had Jean's body cremated and he scattered his ashes in the Pacific Ocean. John was the sole beneficiary for Jean's estates. He also had a $1 million life insurance policy on Jean. Did he know the doctor as well? Let's find out. I'm going to bet money he does. Detectives noted that after Gene's funeral, John went back to Ohio and then disappeared. Couldn't find him anywhere. Hmm. They said he even drove his Mercedes-Benz convertible to the airport, and he had left the convertible open and skipped town with a million dollars in cash. That's suspicious, Mm -hmm. right? A few months later, an employee at the insurance company was closing out Gene's account and called to request a copy of his driver's license. On California licenses at the time, they included a photo and a thumbprint, which is weird. I don't know if they still do that. I mean, that is weird, but it could be very helpful. It is in this case because they soon find out that the thumbprint on his license does not match the thumbprint of the man taken in the morgue. Mm. The insurance company called the detectives to tell them that these two did not match, so the police start digging through missing persons cases, and they find a 32-year-old man reported missing, Ellis Green. Detectives took a photo of the man from the morgue and showed it to Ellis Green's family, and they had a positive match. So the person who was deceased was not Jean. Police go and confront Dr. Boggs about this, and he said he was shocked. He had been a patient for many years, and he knew him as Jean Hansen. Police look into the medical files that Dr. Boggs had on Gene. Three different times, Dr. Boggs performed an EKG on him. One of the detectives noticed after placing the EKG strips end-to-end that even though they were claimed to have been performed on different days, they had all been performed on the same day because where it had ripped, they matched perfectly. Oh, wow. This is what I'm saying, like... They didn't have DNA and all this stuff to, like, use at the time, so they really... really had to get creative. So he had only taken one test and put different dates on the EKGs. They go back and look at his autopsy. They wanted to see if there were any chemicals in his body, but none had been found. It was also noted that he had discoloration on his face and fingertips. Suffocation seemed to be the undoing. They arrested Dr. Boggs on suspicion of murder. Detectives find out that he had no money. He had lost it all in a failed business venture. Just Sweats, which John and the original Gene, uh, that's what their company was, was also in financial ruins. Phone records showed that Gene, John, and Dr. Boggs had been communicating over the year via phone. The three of them had known each other for a long time. Turns out that after Gene bought the $1 million life insurance policy, he told friends he was dying of AIDS and said he was moving to California. Then he made John his beneficiary. Detectives think that Dr. Boggs and Gene met Ellis Green at a bar. He looked similar to Gene and he was also HIV positive. He was super hammered. They invited him out. He went along with it. What's crazy is while the paramedics were... At Dr. Boggs' office working on Ellis, Gene was nearby checking into a nearby hotel under a fake name. So, like, this whole thing is just just planned out. Planned out. That night, John called Gene from Ohio. Then he flew from Ohio to ID the body. Both Gene and John vanish. Dr. Boggs was in jail for the murder of Ellis Green. Three years go by. A tip comes in to detectives from Florida, and they were able to ID Gene. There was a fingerprint inside the home that inside a home that confirmed it was Gene who was living there because somebody had called and said that they thought that he was living in this home in Florida. 
but once they got into the house, it appeared that he had fled. But he was then arrested three months later in a Dallas, Texas airport after flying in from Mexico. Security noticed he was acting odd. It was crazy. He had underwent plastic surgery to alter his appearance and his hair. Oh. He said he was not Gene, but, which is, this is so stupid to me, he had Ellis Green's driver's license in his possession, as well as a book called How to Create a New Identity and Several Fake IDs. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. <laughs> <sighs> like really yes what an <laughs> like idiot something out of like a cartoon yeah his prints matched gene hansen's and he was arrested detectives were looking for john for three years he was featured on america's most wanted and in amsterdam a woman recognized john she had been in a relationship with him Authorities were able to find John on the coast of Sardinia in a red catamaran called Carpe Diem. He said he was Bradley Bryant. He also had a British passport. He was like, y'all are wrong, but his fingerprints matched. Dr. Boggs, Gene, and John had all tried to get in on this insurance scam. Dr. Boggs had attempted finding a Gene lookalike previously, and it failed when his victim escaped. Ellis, was that the stun gun guy? Yes. Dang. Ellis Green was taken back to Dr. Boggs' office. They attacked him with a stun gun. He killed Ellis after midnight, but waited until 7 a.m. to call 911. He was charged with murder, insurance fraud, grand theft, and conspiracy theory. Gene and Boggs were all convicted to life in prison with no parole. John was convicted to 25 years to life. And what's crazy, they also found more evidence that they were planning another murder on a John lookalike. Oh, my gosh. So they were just trying to scam these insurance companies. But I liked the twists and turns of this story, like yeah. getting plastic surgery and changing your hair to look like somebody else. But then you, you, you go through all that trouble to get plastic surgery to change your looks, yet you keep books on you and a dead man's license. Yeah. What an idiot. <laughs> idiot, for sure. Books on how to create a fake identity and, and a dead man's license that you killed. Like, what is the point of even having his license on you at this point? Yeah, because you can't use his identity. Right. What so. an idiot. Well, and I mean, I understand this was 1988, but dude, a million dollars split between three people really isn't even that much money. Well, that's why they were going to do it again. And to waste a human life like that poor guy. Right. You know? It's not worth it. No, not at all. And Dr. Boggs, dude, if you just got your shit straight, there's ways to remediate, to get your license back, and you could make good money. Yeah. And you went through all those years of medical school, and you don't know that people aren't going to be able to tell the temperature of a body. Yeah. Well, when you're evil, you're evil. <sighs> I mean, thankfully, they were idiots, so they got yes. caught, you know, yeah. really. But Gene was the biggest idiot to me, though, in all of this. Just <laughs> like you said, you go through all that work to get plastic surgery, look like somebody else, and then you keep a dead man's license. But the book is the kicker for yeah, me. Yeah, the book. Yeah, me too. <laughs> like, how to get away with murder. Well, I just had these on me just in case somebody <laughs> wanted to know this information. I don't need to know this information. Yeah, it was okay. bizarre. Okay. So I'm sorry that, you know, Alice Green's family had to lose their loved one, loved yeah, one that over... way. And I'm not trying to make a joke out of him losing his life, but I'm making a joke out of the idiot criminals who yes. thankfully were idiots. Right. All right. Well, my story takes place in 2003 in St. Cloud, Minnesota. Uh, just after midnight, 17-year-old Jason McLennan came home after a night out with a friend. 
took a shower downstairs, and then he went to the kitchen to get some food. In the foyer near the front door, he found his father lying in the floor bleeding. He called 911. When paramedics arrived, they pronounced 53-year-old Ken McLennan dead. He had been shot to death. It looked like he had come down the stairs and just encountered an intruder. But the killer took the time to pick up the shell casings. They accidentally left one behind. But they said that the motive was robbery because Ken's wallet, cash, and his watch were all missing. Like the house was kind of in disarray as well, too. So they're thinking that the motive is robbery here. And how many times was he shot? Seven times. And the kid's upstairs showering and doesn't hear seven gunshots. No, he he had already been shot. So the kid came home. Okay showered and then went upstairs and found because i was like this sounds like some legally blonde stuff here no his dad was already dead he just found him when he went upstairs to get something to eat i'm just trying to put the pieces together right yeah you gotta figure it out ken was a vice president in charge of sales from it for an international company and he traveled a lot he was a widow and he was worth a good amount of money i think they said his estate was like 1.5 million dollars he had a life insurance policy of a million dollars so you know not a hundred grand, like he was worth. Not that a hundred grand isn't a lot of money, but you know what I'm saying. He 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 had value to his life. Yes. Yeah. So they look into that as the motive, like who might gain from his death. The next morning, police found some shoe impressions in the snow, and they believe that these could possibly be- belong to the killer. At Ken's autopsy, they removed seven 22 caliber slugs from his body, but they were four different kinds of ammunition. So oh. this raised the possibility that there could have been more than more one than shooter mm-hmm. or the killer wanted to make it look like there was more than one shooter. But burglars typically want to get in and out without confronting the homeowner or shoot them that, that many times, mm-hmm. right? So there's just not quite sure. Since his son Jason had found him, they had no choice to look at his son as a suspect before they could eliminate him. Uh, so his shirt was examined and no blood was found and gunshot residue tests were done on his hands and those came back negative as well. Another potential suspect was Ken's fiance, a Swiss businesswoman, Lawrence. She had been living with Ken and his son when they lived in Florida before moving to Minnesota, and apparently that caused a lot of issues between Ken and his son. I think that the son didn't care for her, like, as the new woman because, you know, his mother had died. Sure. So, but their wedding plans were on hold. There was some type of trouble in the relationship with Ken, and there was emails to confirm that, that there was trouble in the relationship at the time that he was killed. And she was listed as a beneficiary on one of Ken's life insurance policies. But she was in Switzerland at the time of the murder, and she was therefore eliminated as a suspect. So as police continued to investigate, they heard many rumors that Ken's relationship with his son was not a good one. According to friends of Jason, Ken abandoned the mom, his wife, as she lay dying of cancer, and the son, Jason, deeply resented it. Yeah. Jason was only 12 at the time and left alone to take care of his dying mother while Ken went away for months a time at, for work. After his wife's death, Ken continued to travel extensively for work and Jason would be left alone for weeks with little to nothing in the refrigerator and no money. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy considering if this man's well off. Like, couldn't you just hire somebody yeah. yeah or have somebody just fill the fridge or a nanny Something. i mean yeah. 12 or years leave old. your son some money so he can but you know who knows what the situation really was you never know could have been exaggerated could have been some truth to it so then police received a tip from a father of a female student his daughter was very upset over details she had heard in school about the murder that jason had asked several people to kill his father and one friend matt moeller 
had agreed to help by providing the gun in return for money. Oh, boy. Police found a 22 caliber rifle in Matt's bedroom, which they confiscated and sent to ballistics. It didn't match up, but it was then discovered that there was a series of abnormal scratches on the inside of the gun barrel, and they were fresh, like somebody had tried to stick something in there and make it so a ballistics wouldn't match. Hmm. But the spent shell casing from the crime scene that was left behind was compared to the spent shell casing from the test firing, and it was a match. And then also inside the barrel was a small drop of blood, which DNA testing proved was Ken McLennan's. Oh, man. When confronted with the evidence, Matt Moeller admitted he was involved, but insisted that Jason was the killer. Matt said he waited in his car, heard the shots, Jason came back to the car, returned the gun, and then Matt went home. Matt knew something, though, that hadn't been made public, the fact that they used four different rounds of ammunition to try to throw off the investigators. So they go to Jason. He denies everything. He stuck to his story, insisted he had no idea who killed him, not fessing up to anything yet. Then another student comes forward that he knew where the bloody clothes were that Jason had been wearing at the time of the murder. Police found the clothes exactly where the student said they'd be, buried on property owned by Matt's parents. The clothes were Jason's, students had seen him wearing them clothes that day, and the blood on the clothes were that of his father. There was also a glove in the back pocket of these pants with gunshot residue tests with Jason's skin cells inside them, so... Mm-hmm. He had just worn a glove. The shoe prints that were found in the snow were Matt's. He turned the shoes into the police after hiding them in his basement after he agreed to plead guilty to second-degree murder in exchange for a reduced sentence. He said he made the shoe prints in an effort to throw off the investigators, and they were compared to the shoe prints at the scene, and they were a match. Wow. Prosecutors believe the motive of the crime was Jason's hatred for his father. Jason blamed him for abandoning his mother as she was dying, and he wanted his dad's money as well, too. Like, he wanted his dad gone for, you know, the whole situation with his mom, and he's like, I'm going to take his money, too. Matt rang the front doorbell, and when Ken came down to see who it was, Jason was down there waiting, ambushed him firing seven shots, killing his father instantly. Jason and Matt then ransacked the house to make it look like a robbery, cleaned up the spent shell casings, but they unknowingly left that one behind. Jason still pled not guilty and claimed he killed his father in self-defense. The jury did not buy it. Yeah, I bet they wouldn't. Jason was convicted of first-degree murder and sentenced to life in prison. Matt Moeller was sentenced to 30 years. I mean, self-defense, but you have your buddy's gun. Yeah. Yeah. So that doesn't add up. And he had asked multiple kids at the high school, apparently, for help. And how old? I know you said high school, but does it have an actual age? 17. 17. Whole life ahead of you, man. Mm-hmm. That sucks. I mean, because you almost feel bad for him because seeing like your father not care for your mom when she's dying and oh i'm sure there was a a ton of resentment built up there but that's awful dude that's not how you deal with resentment for a parent like they the saying you're so close to being able to like move out get away oh well and they're the saying you know two wrongs don't make a right it's true yeah right exactly it just and unfortunately now he's the one still suffering Mm -hmm. because he has zero freedom I mean, obviously, his dad is no longer with us, and that's awful. Yeah, that's the ultimate. That's the worst. You really hindered your own life. Yeah. Being able to have So you resented your dad, so you killed him, but now because of that, you have no life anyways. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. It's it's so senseless, you know? 
he already lost his mom, you know, unfortunately, why would you, I don't know. Yeah. Why would you resent him that much where you wanted to make this big plot to kill him? I think there had to have been a lot of like money motivation. And clearly, you know, there was some mental health issues here going on. If he truly was abandoned that much, Maybe that led to some mental health, you know, problems where I don't think it's normal for a 17 year old, you know, no matter how much you hate your parents, all teenagers hate their parents at some point in time, right? It's not normal to actually plot out and carry out to kill them. Like that's pretty far out there. So I think there was probably definitely a lot of other serious issues going on here if he truly was abandoned that Mm -hmm. much and the trauma of the death of his mother, he probably needed some mental health help. Well, I'm sure like losing his mom that young too. And then it seems like he didn't have, you know, his dad as a father figure in his life. He's out out figuring out the world on his own. And 12 years old is too young. Yeah. And you just dealt with the death of your mother. Yeah, I can't imagine. And then you're left alone to deal with it with no support system. Yeah. Awful. After being there solely, basically by himself, watching his mom die. That's, I'm sure it caused a lot of issues that mm-hmm. were unaddressed because his father was just not around, you know. Not that that excuses no, killing someone, no. you know, not at all. But, you know, it's just so sad. The, this whole story was sad to me. I was watching it. I'm like, no, I hope the son didn't kill his dad. Like, it's just so tragic. The whole story was just very tragic. Do you know why I kept saying legally blonde? Because do you remember the part? where the daughter was on the stand. Do you remember Legally Blonde well enough? No, I was just going with it because I'm like, Mel knows what she's talking (laughs) about, I'm sure. Well, so (laughs) the daughter is on the stand for her father being killed and they put it on the new, like the fiance, the dad's fiance. Mm -hmm. And the girl is on the stand and she's like, you know, I went and got my hair permed and then somebody shot him while I was taking a shower. And they're like, you didn't hear the gunshots while you were taking a shower? And she said, you know, no, it's on the other side of the house. And then she ends up being found out that it was her because you can't wash your hair after After you have a perm. perm solution. But so like, it was just kind of funny, like seven gunshots and you didn't hear it while you were showering. But obviously not. Now we know he did it, but I was just like, it was a weird coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. So sad. Both stories. Very sad. Very tragic. So next week's episode is going to be on red flags. Oh, I'm excited for Me this too. one. <laughs> Me and you are just going to share our own the whole time, I'm sure. <laughs> remember this? Oh, my God. Remember that? Uh, yeah. I've been in quite a few relationships where there was red flags. Yeah. One of the biggest red flags I remember is that this guy I was seeing, everybody kept telling me that he was gay, and he was gay. Maybe he just liked, you're so beautiful, he just wanted to. Well, we had fun, you know, like, it was like a high school relationship, whatever, and I just didn't want to believe it, because I was, I liked him, he was a very nice guy, but Mm -hmm. the signs were there, the signs were all there. Did you guys have sex, though? No. We'll see. Mm -hmm. No, no. Good girl. <laughs> <laughs> you were a good girl. Uh, no, but like when we'd hang around with like guys, he was always like super touchy feely with the other guy, you know, guys mm-hmm. and stuff. And I was like, he's not really like that with me. Why isn't he like that with me? <laughs> Am I ugly? Is he not <laughs> <No>. like me? <laughs> but you know what's funny is that I honestly I feel like he's married to a woman now. Maybe he's bi. 
Maybe he likes sure. both. Swings both the ways. But I hope that he's just not living a life where he's unhappy because of fear or, you know, whatever it is, just be able to live his life as who he is. Or maybe they have like an open relationship maybe. where he can... Well, either way, I hope he's happy. Do both of his things. Because he was a very nice guy. I ended up breaking up with him because I got into a really bad car accident and he would not see me while I was in the hospital. Oh, yep. so you were like, I'm done with you. Yeah. I mean, I was in a coma and everything. You couldn't have, I mean, I didn't need it. We didn't have to have a conversation. I was out of it. Yeah. You could have just, just come, come see me. me. Yeah. Fucker. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he was a really nice guy. Fucker. No, he was. I'm sure he was terrified. I mean, oh, I'm can't sure. Even imagine in high like, school. Yeah, you're dating this girl, and she gets into a horrific car accident and is in a coma. I mean, yeah, it's kind of a scary thing for sure, especially when you're that young. Uh-huh. For sure. Well, send them in. Send us in all of your red flag relationship stories. Yep, you can send them into Blonde Moments Podcast at gmail dot com, or you can slide in our DMs. And I will end with our blonde joke. My favorite part. Why did the blonde put her iPad in the blender? She wanted to mix something up. I don't know. (laughs) She was trying to make apple juice. Oh, my God. (laughs)